This is called Elizabeth Taylor on ABC's 2020 in 1997. <laughs> in 1997, on the couch in my family's living room, sitting with my parents and siblings, watching Barbara Walters interview Elizabeth Taylor on ABC's 2020 with only the faintest understanding of who these two iconic women were, it seems relatively clear to me that Elizabeth Taylor was kind of wonderful and Barbara Walters was kind of a bitch. <laughs> Walters introduces the interview by listing Taylor's more tragic statistics. Eight marriages, 73 hospitalizations, pronounced dead twice. Right? Yeah. No, I'm, it's crazy. Uh, as if these numbers, as if these are numbers on the back of a baseball card, rather than evidence of the, of the possibility that the woman in question is a small miracle incarnate. Her first question, is it a good time in your life? <laughs> Taylor is 65, has just found out she has a brain tumor, is single and all but forgotten by Hollywood. Walters does not think it is a good time in Taylor's life. That is why when she asks if it is, she executes one of her signature moves, pairing her well-groomed New England accent with a subtle lean-in head tilt and eye squint that signals sympathy and empathy. Even at eight years old, I could tell that is all that was, a signal. Taylor responds, Taylor responds quickly and matter-of-factly, almost interrupting Walters with a single word, very. It doesn't seem to be what Walters expected, or it was, but she doesn't quite believe Taylor. Wearing a classically elegant news anchor outfit and the smug half-smile of a schoolyard bully who kindly offers their hand after you've tripped over something that really did feel like a foot, Walter spends the rest of the interview methodically searching for the cracks in that very. Sorry, it's a little small. Her first strategy. Is this the current love of your life? She asks, pointing to the dog in Taylor's lap. Of course, this could be read as an attempt at playful banter, just two old gals who go way back, appreciating the beauty and value of canine companionship. But it feels more like Walters subtly highlighting that one of the most desired women in the history of the world has lost Richard Burton and replaced him with a Shih Tzu. <laughs> Taylor, stroking her dog, gracefully doubles down. This is the love of my life. Walters tries another angle. Elizabeth, you've said your career doesn't matter much to you now, that your focus is AIDS. She raises the tenor of her voice on the word AIDS, <laughs> as if maybe she has misunderstood or misread her notes, or as, or as if AIDS might be the title of a film she has not yet heard of. <laughs> I don't know where to hold that. Um, Taylor calmly explains that at this point in her life, her fame, money, and past are most valuable as a means to help those in need. Aware that selfless commitment to service does not play well on TV, Walters pulls out her ace in the hole. Under the premise of interest in Taylor's work fighting the AIDS epidemic, she says, not many people know this, but AIDS has in fact hit your family. 
telling the viewers at home that Taylor's daughter-in-law contracted the virus from a blood transfusion. Walters does the squint move again before turning her innocent observation into a sincere concern. How is she doing? The move, plus the way Walters has framed the question, forces Taylor's hand, cornering her into revealing something Walters almost certainly already knows. The blood transfusion was a lie to hide an affair. Eventually, after going through the dramas of all eight marriages and Taylor's controversial friendship with Michael Jackson, the interview comes to an end. Walters is back at the 2020 desk, saying she just spoke with Taylor by phone before her brain surgery, who told her, I know I'll be fine. She then wraps up the segment, speaking for all of us, Taylor is in our thoughts and prayers, and her gaze suddenly shifts uh, suddenly drifts away from the camera, signaling sadness, a troubled mind now elsewhere. Addressing no one in particular, she says, thank you, Elizabeth. As if serious people, people like Barbara Walters, know this 74th hospitalization will be the last. As if Taylor's confidence in her survival is just another example of the woman's tragic naivete. 2020 goes to commercial break, I go to bed, 13 years go by. In 2011, after many more ailments, including skin cancer, multiple bouts of pneumonia, several hip replacements, and congestive heart failure, Elizabeth Taylor finally does what she was supposed to do, die. <laughs> this morning, I was curious to see which stars and dignitaries attended her, her high-profile funeral. A quick Google search reveals Walters was there. Thank you. <laughs> Do you mind if I play some atonal violin music off my phone while we? <laughs> you mean for the for the background music? No, for the, for the foreground. No, don't. Okay. Already... Would you like to see the? Yeah, I would. Show me what you got. Okay. You so wait. So wait. What happened like last night? You. Well, you, I... you listened to the first episode. Yeah, like in the you know early evening, I listened to it because uh -huh. I remembered. Uh -huh. And remember I, your, remember I, the promise you made me? I remember, well, no, first I remember that Eric was interviewed, and then I remember the promise I made you, and then I remembered all the promises I've ever made anybody. <laughs> and then for I know, four all the minutes, ones I've broken. Yeah, they're broken. Yep. And then after I came out of that. Um, you know, I'm referring to you saying that you helped me with the logo. Yes. And because, I helped, because I helped you with your thing. Yeah, and I grew up on a barter system, so. <laughs> yeah, off the grid. Off the grid. There's no currency changing hands in the Kovacevic household. Well, not currency as you and I know it. See, this is the kind of banter we have to cut. Like, I think, like. No, the, but no, nobody wants to hear, uh, like, two dudes bantering. Um, okay, wait, don't talk logo. Sure. So, actually, what got me going was you mentioned when this slogan was trademarked. Um, and you put a date on it of like, do you remember? When they trademarked No Rules Just Right? Yeah. I believe it was 94. Oh, it's been around for a while. And they sh you can see on the website, on the um, trademark, or the patent office, whatever website, yeah. these sort of series of events that took place. And it was actually, you know, I don't know a whole lot about this area, but it was denied at one point. Wow. And then there was a refiling. And I believe it goes out for like, it's sort of like a, if anybody 
objects to this marriage. You <laughs> have like six months to like, like well, my father said yeah. no rules just for <laughs> that, 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 when I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess they got in and there was a point where I think once you're in, you got like 10 years of, you know, it expires hosting. Okay. No, you have like 10 years. And then there was a point where they like sort of, I think just barely re, uh, re registered, renewed yeah. it. Anyway, it is, uh, on solid. So I, you don't right think I, can, I can't petition it right now? Maybe, maybe <laughs> no, that, but whenever it's up for re- renewal, maybe I'll petition. That would be interesting. So then, I mean, that led me to the idea of this logo, which I'll describe in words. Mm-hmm. The logo itself is rules with a strike through, mm-hmm. comma, right, and right is underlined, period. Oh. It alludes to the slogan. But the footnote iteration, after rules, there's a number one, and after right, there's a number two. And <laughs> if you'd like, I can read to you. Yeah, please do. Please. So... so there's a couple iterations. I'll just read this one because I don't remember which one is which. Anymore. Okay. Uh, so the footnote of rules. Mm-hmm. Which is one. Which is one. The word rules, entirely comprised of capital letters, struck through with the implication that there are now none, alluding to the spirit of USPTO trademark registration number 1857996, the underknown slogan, of the most notable Australian spirited casual dining chain under the Bloomin Brands Inc. umbrella. Uh, and number two is the word right, entirely comprised of capital letters, underlined with the implication that having just thrown out the rules, and I use just there because, <laughs> you know, just right. Oh, very good. You know, just, I, 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 just I so it's in there. I didn't even catch that. Um, Having just thrown out the rules, all focus can rightly be placed on that which is right, alluding to the spirit of USPTO trademark registration number 1857996, the underknown slogan of the most notable Australian spirited casual dining chain under the Bloomin' Brands Incorporated umbrella. And it looks like this. <laughs> Obvious shine. Okay, and it can be, you know, any any number of variations or footnotes can be removed altogether. I also did one where it's just the footnotes, which is really out there. <laughs> <laughs> what I like most about it, actually, is um, the concept of crossing out. That's uh, the only thing that yeah. it really has going for it. And, you know, I, I mean, it has, a lot, it has a lot going for it. Look at these colors. Yeah, my computer has like yes, colors. Eight, eight to ten <laughs> colors, and I think it has camouflage as well. So initial thoughts. I like the idea of coming up with a logo that can communicate that sentiment without possibly infringing on the, 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 the copyright. But I think I want the footnote to be pretty legal. Because I think if the footnote is too long, then it just feels kind of like a joke, which it, it is. But like, there's something about jokingly long footnotes not like the foster wallace sense of it but when the footnotes are clearly the joke of it is how long and rambly it is i find it's just like a a dumb joke that people do a lot the only other thing i would say and i don't think i'm a visual person i don't have like strong confidence or feel for aesthetics in that way but i think the font i think you went a little outbacky maybe or like casual i actually would I, i think i would like something more straightforward. Well, first of all, I, I don't mind this typeface, but I did go with it in the context of me thinking about what I thought you would like. Oh. Which 
you know, is something I do. I know, and oftentimes you're right, but I would like you to do what you would like. And also, I forgot to mention that I threw this in at the top here. The funny part being that I put um, by in quotations, which I thought maybe you would like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do overuse quotes. I think at this point in my life, I feel like putting quotes around by draws more attention. I feel like a lot of things I've done in the past in terms of self-consciously trying to deal with or like cope with the parts of putting things in the world that make me uncomfortable generally have the opposite effect oftentimes. So I've tried to like talk less. I've tried to do less. I'm coming to terms with the fact that someone recently told me, someone I love told me I have a lot of opinions and it really (laughs) made me look myself in the mirror. Um, But or I don't know. I think I'm just it's an interesting comment to make. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was sweet. It was. It was jokey. It wasn't mean spirited at all. I think I feel the need to explain myself sometimes. If it says by Gideon Jacobs, they'll assume all these things that I don't want them to assume, and like let me just explain it by like doing this little thing, and then sometimes you just have to sit with the discomfort of what that thing might be misread as or understood well, as and yeah. let it pass as opposed to doing something about it every time. Well, no, I, I mean, that is a factor in my recent dealings with myself. I don't think control is the right word, but like overseeing the narrative of people's perception of me and what I'm doing. Yes, it's controlling their experience. <laughs> it is controlling their experience. I feel like control has a very heavy connotation because for me, it's more like see an action I've done from an angle that I feel like nobody else is seeing or like, you know, or they're not seeing it in the round or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the the need to show it in the round, which if, <laughs> when translated to words is like an incredibly long fucking dissertation. Well, I mean, it's like, yeah. like months prior. And, <laughs> and so often when I'm talking to people and certain people in particular, yeah. just like blood drains from the, like, I'll go back like, well, you, you know, three, four weeks ago, this happened. I'm setting the stage for a long time. Yeah. I mean, like you're and that experience to me is like, this is how we really get to the bottom. Of <laughs> and it, I feel that genuinely like we cannot have this conversation unless we set the stage. So I was born. Yeah. yeah. I, I was born. I mean, I, I've had a series of, which I think I've mentioned to you, sort of realizations about myself this spring. Basically the conclusion I've come to, which is easier said than done for me, but I'm working on it. Cause I think it is like, maybe the only way out avoiding this court holding that I always feel like I have to do in order to put my loved one on the road that I think they should be on in terms Mm -hmm. of understanding me, which is simply just knowing that I, I know, Uh you know, that that's the most empowering thing you can do is just accepting that, you know, accepting that they don't know, or maybe they do know and you don't know. Like you but know. having your knowledge would be enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having your knowledge would be enough. Exactly. I mean, if the, the constant quest I've been on for my whole life of trying to ensure that my knowledge is known to others <laughs> and, and yeah. pertaining to particularly to like emotional conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just unnecessary. And even if you have, I've learned 
and I should have learned it much sooner, even if you are like the TV lawyer that everybody wants to hire. Or, or just like emotionally a good communicator, no matter fucking what. It's not, they're, they're never gonna, gonna get in there. Yeah. They're not gonna get in there, yeah. they're gonna get bored, and even if they're in there, they're only gonna feel like you are trying to invalidate what they are experiencing as just a raw emotion that you shouldn't actually be <laughs> fucking with to begin with. Yeah, you should I, just be accepting that they have this emotion. You know, that's, I'm laughing because I've like had this conversation I mean, with a girlfriend before. Yeah, it's, it's a, I feel like it's an age-old thing. But yes, anyway. Um, okay, wow. We got really into that. So what next, Avi? Can I... Um, yeah. How does peeing work on... on uh, go, go pee upstairs. Avi. Yes, sir. I, I have two thoughts while you're gone. Can we meet in the middle of that one thought? Um, I realized that our conversation about trying to have some say or control over the way people experience you, mm-hmm. and I think a nicer way of saying it is like a somewhat compulsive reflex of trying to feel known or understood. And I think the fact that it might, like the first episode of the podcast was me wanting to talk about the way I was approaching this podcast mm-hmm. and trying to explain myself and explain my decisions or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And now this conversation with you, with the logo, it's the same thing. The fear of just putting out a thing without explanation of my intentions for it, how I arrived at doing it. Even this itself, this explanation itself is, I think, me sort of trying to get anyone listening more on the same page as me, as opposed to throwing out a product and just letting them think whatever the fuck they want. So this is, to me, almost perfectly fits in with why I think creating a nice, thoughtful, holistic infrastructure is important. And when I say infrastructure, like, I guess the branding, but, you know, that Mm -hmm. sounds a little cheesier. But the infrastructure of really getting the concept down, even if there is no concept, whatever, having imagery or graphics that Mm -hmm. feel like they fit the concept. If there's a fear of structure, for example, of like, oh, no, I don't want to have to structure these shows in a particular way or have them go in a particular way. You don't have to even worry about that if you have a nice package. But I just think the combination of no package and total freeform often is it's going to make it sort of fall into the weeds of the podcast. I understand. One, I feel like I already get the thing you're talking about doing. I feel like my other work I get to do. Like when I write a short story or if I write an article for a magazine or whatever, the product goes up, it's out of my control. And I guess as I, as much as I'm being like, I'm doing the very thing we were talking about with this podcast, maybe it's just, it's a space where I get to do that. Whereas in other work, I don't get to. Um, you get to do what, sorry? Get, get to have some explanation behind the oh, product oh, as opposed to just delivering the product. Where I get to be like, here's why I did this. Here's why, why I'm doing this. Here's what I felt and why I don't want it to have structure and why I'm calling it no rules just right. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't get to do that elsewhere really that much. So maybe this will scratch that itch because we were talking about the logo and this is just why you came over to show me the logos. Like it, it's fine. Speaking of the logos, 
Thank you. Um, I think I scratched your back. You have now scratched mine. Yeah, but the more you say thank you, the more, the more like, <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm going to need to do something else. No, because, you know, no we're done. Yeah, well, we the, never have to do anything for each other ever again. Like I said, you know, my upbringing. <laughs> well, I will say, if you're down to send back another iteration that you would like, not that I would like, especially in terms of the yeah, font. The look and feel. The look and feel. Should I turn this off now? Sure. I sure. think we're done. That was great. Thank you, Avi. Thank my, you for the designs. My pleasure. Thanks Thank for, for being a sensitive man in this world of... You, wait, I'm a sensitive man? You're a sensitive oh, man. Oh. I mean, there it's, it's not great. There. I wouldn't trade it, but... You sure? Because... <laughs> you're like, you, you, don't just be a, is bliss. <laughs> you don't want to just be a knucklehead? I think about that all the time. You don't want to just be a knucklehead? You ever, you ever just watch? I used, to, I used to want ignorance. I used to desperately want to just hit my head with a brick. Yeah, but the thing is, if you were granted ignorance, you wouldn't know it after the fact. It's just like... Don't That's fine. That's fine. You ever just like watch a really confident person move around? Yeah. I mean, I feel pretty confident in my sensitivity these days. I think I've gotten to a point where... If someone finds my over-explaining or my sensitivity annoying or not for them, I'm like, God bless you. Like, we, we are not going to be friends or whatever. I don't think either of us like right or wrong. Like, I like the way I do things and the way I work at this point. So, yeah, I feel pretty confident in it, to be honest. It doesn't I'm, bother me anymore. I'm happy about that. You should be too. I like the way you move through the world and think. Well, should we end on a song? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> turn it off.